0: The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Well, my name is John, and I'm also part of the church leadership, and it's just great having you here with us this morning. You have found us on the last Sunday of this series that we've been doing. Uh, lies that our children must overcome. I really have enjoyed this immensely, and you may or may not know that throughout the week we've been doing a video podcast, so I'd encourage you to go to our website and uh, check those videos out. It's the, the, the first ones that we've ever done in the history of our church, and so that's pretty cool. Go check those out, as well as all of the talks that we've given the last Five years, so literally hundreds of different resources on the church website just for you that are designed to help you, encourage you, and strengthen you in your faith. If you're not a Christian and you're just trying to figure out what it's all about, it's a great place to go and get those kind of resources and help and input and learn more about what it's like to be a Christian. So today, um, we're going to talk about the final lie of this series and and we saved the I don't know how you say it the the best for last or the worst for last, however you want to look at it, this is the one lie that has, I think done the most damage in our culture and certainly the most damage within the church and the lives of our children. The most critical lie. I think it's right at the heart, right at the core of what the devil is all about, what he's busy doing, what he's up to. So I'm going to try and expose that today for you to see, and then you can uh, adequately be able to protect yourself and your children and um, live free of his attacks. And so uh, why don't we just, because this one's such a big one today, I'm really uh, hoping and praying that this will really do some great things for us. Why don't we just pause for a quick prayer, and I would just encourage you to just uh, as you pray this morning, just open your heart and say, God, speak to me today. I want to hear from you, okay? So, Lord, we, we pause for a moment this morning to pray as a church. And we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us today from your word. Lord, eliminate all the distractions. Take away all the things that we, we focus on other than you Help us to just focus solely on you and hearing your voice. Lord, help me today to speak your words so that we would be changed and transformed. And if you believe that, say amen. Well, every week we've been talking about the devil's lies and with the truth and saying week after week, the only way to identify a lie is to know the truth. And so today I thought I'd start with Some truth from God. We'll start with the truth and get to the lie. Okay, you ready? Here it is. I love you. My word is truth. You are beautiful. Beauty is a mystery. Mystery that is revealed is no mystery at all. You are the salt and light of the world. Standing alone is never easy. But it is worth it. Dream, plan, create, imagine wildly. A true lady never needs to demand respect. Lavish love on others. Selfishness will only bring you unhappiness. You can never outgive God. All of your days are already known to me. I have a marvelous plan for your life. And I will always treat you good. Never, ever harm you. Things are just things. People are souls. Don't follow your heart. Follow me. There is freedom in surrender. I have given you everything you need. Marriage is a wonderful work. Motherhood is a high-privilege If you have to prove yourself to someone, walk away. You are perfect in my sight, and I will always, always love you. Isn't that great? Truth from God's word. All of that is in the word. I don't want you to fall for the devil's tricks, and so this morning I want to expose this lie, and this, as I said, is probably... The greatest of them all. And so the lie is this. Ignoring the Bible is no big deal. Ignoring the Bible is no big deal. It's one of the devil's biggest lies. The one I think he is most proud of. It's a gateway lie, and a gateway lie means that it's a lie that paves the way or opens the door to a whole bunch of other lies that follow right in behind it, things like, the Bible is way too difficult to understand. It's boring. It's a bunch of lies. It's all fairy tales. It's stories written by men. It's out of date, out of step with society. It's not going to help you. It won't make a difference in your life. You don't need it. Ignore it. You can be a Christian without reading the Bible. And on and on it goes. These lies follow in right behind this main lie of you don't need the Bible. And so why would the devil carry this kind of lie so close and so common? Because the Bible is not too difficult to understand. The Bible is far from boring. The Bible is all truth. It's full of relevant stories applicable to your life. It's in step with society and all of her needs. It's written by God himself, and it will bring you everything you need. It will make a huge difference in your life, and you need it so desperately if you're a Christian You cannot be a growing Christian without it. The devil's been attacking the Bible from the beginning and all throughout history, and it remains today in America, but it's completely different with us. You see, he has lulled you to sleep. You're living in a dream world, Neo. You're asleep. And he has convinced you that you are no longer in a battle. You are not in spiritual warfare. You're in peacetime. And so you've exchanged your most critical weapon for personal development. You've taken the most critical sword and shield to become a garnish for your furniture. The Bible is so incredibly necessary and critical to the Christian life that the devil wants nothing more than to keep you from reading it. Some people would push back and say, okay, well, if the Bible is so important and it's so great and so necessary to Christians, why aren't more people reading it? Better question. The devil has lulled you to sleep to the point where now you have such easy access to the Bible. Literally in America, it's everywhere. I forgot the statistics, but something like every Christian has an average between 10 and 15 Bibles. It's on your phone. It's on your computer. It's on your iPad. Some people even have scriptures on the walls in their house. And so it's everywhere, and so it's just become blasé. So I want to show you a clip. And this is a community of Christians in Indonesia who have never seen a Bible, never had a Bible in their own language, and so for the very first time in their lives, they are receiving the Scriptures. Watch this. Listen to this. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry, he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, only you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you, and you will come to life, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, commanded as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and I breathed into them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of God. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy to them and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says, my people. I am going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back from the land of Israel Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. I believe God is doing a new thing in you today, renewing a love for God's word, shaking off that hard bark that is on your soul, breathing new life into you. None of us abandon the word of God on purpose. Nobody rejects it on purpose. They just subtly fall into the lie that it doesn't matter, that we don't really need it. It's, it's okay to ignore the Bible. Some people ask me from time to time, and they say, why should I trust the Bible as truth? It's a great question. It's a fair question. And I can think of many reasons, but there really is only one Number one reason why anyone should trust the Bible. Why anyone should trust their life on the Bible. And that reason is because Jesus did. Listen to what Jesus thought about the Bible. Jesus believed that the word of God was necessary for life and growth. When he encountered the devil in Matthew four four in the wilderness, and they had this exchange, and the enemy came after him, Jesus responded, and he said, Listen, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In this statement, Jesus is saying that Scripture is necessary for the start and the growth of the Christian life. Jesus believed that the the word of God had authority over man-made laws and traditions. You see this over and over as Jesus has interactions with the Pharisees. They were rejecting the command of God in order to hold on to their tradition. He called them hypocrites. Jesus believed that the scriptures were the highest authority on the earth. Higher than man-made laws, political laws, religious laws. He had the conviction that every law, every institution, and every person will ultimately one day submit to the authority of the word of God. Jesus also believed that the word of God was unchanging. In speaking to the ancestry Jews about the identity of the Son of God, Jesus said, Scripture cannot be broken. God's word does not evolve with the culture. It doesn't change according to the times. You cannot interpret Scripture Through the culture. It's in reverse. The scripture interprets the culture. It's not just some book that was written long ago. It's God's revelation to mankind. This is what Jesus thought of the scriptures. Jesus believed with all of his heart that the word of God should be obeyed and followed. He said, if you keep my commandments... Then you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments. Abide in his love. Jesus establishes a very concrete, direct correlation between love for God and obedience to obeying his word, following the word. He believed the word of God was good. It was truth, it should be obeyed, it was necessary, it was vital to life. And because of Jesus, his opinion of the word of God, I believe it's the number one reason we should love and respect and follow and obey the word of God. The Bible itself talks of its own future, and it's funny because over the history of the world, at different times in history, there have been enormous focus and attack to eliminate the scriptures. It's still going on today. I don't know if you know that. It's still illegal to own a Bible in many places of the world and yet the Bible remains, and it says, I guess in a way, it predicts its own future and says that the world will pass away. It will all be gone, and everything will be gone, but the Word of God will remain. Of all the things on the planet Earth that exist, that's the one thing that will stay. God's Word. I hope you were inspired by that video in the same way I was. It touched my heart. Is that how I feel about the Bible? Is that how I think of it when I pick it up to read it? Am I jumping up and down and rejoicing with joy that God has given me such an amazing gift? Or is it just blase? Let me ask you a couple of questions. These cut at the heart of it. Have you been ignoring the Bible? Have you allowed yourself to take up a casual attitude about it? Have you neglected to introduce the Bible, and not just the Bible, but a love for the Bible, to your children? Guess what? Never too late until you're dead. But if you're alive, most of you look alive. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for your kids, your grandkids, your children. It's not too late for you to first renew your love for God's word. Make it a priority in your life. Get back into it and put your arms and your heart and your soul and grab that and embrace it and read it and devour it and develop it and Feel it and live it and breathe it and talk about it and see it. It's not too late. You do that, and then you show your children I have made many mistakes as a parent, most of them on my firstborn. That's how it works, right? My firstborn hope oh, you know he I was not embarrassed by this. he looks at how I parent my. Youngest son, the fourth one, and says, that is unfair. (laughs) (laughs) You are letting him off on so many. Your first baby, I'm 20-something. I I mean, every time that little baby did anything, we got out the book. Oh, my gosh, what's it say? What's it say? We didn't have the Internet. I made a lot of mistakes as a parent. But one of the greatest mistakes... The worst thing I've done is not teach my children to have a love for the Scriptures. Don't be like me. I'm not saying my children reject the Bible or ignore it or that anything about my kids. My kids are wonderful. It's about me. It's my job. But it's not too late. If it's not too late for me, it's certainly not too late for you. So maybe the best response today, all of this would be just a real honest prayer. Just an honest prayer and say, God, I'm sorry. I want to develop a love for the word and I want to teach that to my children. And in doing so, We will change the world, literally change the world.